Hi everybody, welcome to the Funky Pharmacist Podcast. Sarah and I'm here with Hillary. We decided to dive in kind of where we left off in the last podcast. We had talked about my journey with uh, adrenal fatigue and um, cortisol and we decided at the end of that that we didn't do a very good job of explaining what that was. So uh, we're going to dive into adrenals and cortisol a little bit. Where shall we start? Adrenal fatigue. You said adrenal fatigue. Mm -hmm. We don't like that term sometimes. I'm guilty of saying it, but some well, people don't. I don't mind it. I guess the more professional professionals don't like that term, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So they prefer HPA dysfunction, HPA axis dysfunction, which stands for hypothalamic thalamic pituitary adrenal axis. So two adrenal glands sitting on top of each one of your kidneys and that produces the cortisol right so if it becomes too low in conventional medicine will acknowledge it being too low it leads to addison's disease so they do not acknowledge adrenal fatigue and saying adrenal fatigue right they don't really acknowledge that and a lot of people just think it's farcery but we know by checking cortisol levels specifically if you check it via blood serum, you're only going to check it maybe twice a day. And that's like aggressive, right? Usually it's 8 o'clock in the morning, go get your blood drawn normal level. And then sometimes it's later in the afternoon. But we know that four point or there's a new six point, which is even more in depth. More in depth and that will tell you how you wake up within 30 minutes of waking. Um, will give you a better idea because I think we mentioned that in the last podcast that a woman came in that morning cortisol level was normal and then it kind of went kapooey after that. So I think it's very important to do at least a four and a six. And I think it's important to point out while we're on that subject that that's saliva-based testing. I don't know if we said that. Saliva or urine, depending, oh. but yeah. um, yes. Um, so yeah, your adrenals produce some cortisol and then it goes awry from there based on years of stressors, hormone fluctuations, um, gut health. I mean, it's, it's huge. Stress right? levels. Stress level. Yeah. It's, it, there's things that cause this HPA axis dysfunction. There's things that this HPA axis dysfunction causes itself, but over time it takes months to years, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so what else? So let's go from there, like, let's go into, like, the stages of how that happens. So how, how, I'm thinking of, like, the one, two, three, the stages of stress and where you're at in that adrenal function. So early stage, that's stage one. There's different, people will name these stages differently, but we'll just say early stage or stage one, which... We'll call it an activation stage. So you have all this flight or fight and your epinephrine's all like going, hoo, 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 hoo. you know, we got to maintain these cortisol levels because all the stress is coming in, whether it be from your job, marriage, kids. It's nowadays, it's a coronavirus, <laughs> whatever it might be. It's a normal situation. So your cortisol levels elevated. But in a normal adaptive human being, that this cortisol level will go back down to normal. But if your body's wonked out and just like totally... You don't have done to with it, break yeah, it. exactly. Then you'll progress to stage two. But stage one is usually what happens is your cortisol will be elevated, and um, you'll be 
some people won't be able to like sleep at night that's uh, kind of wound up wound up yep um so that's usually blood pressure will go up other um your body's way of trying to help you get back to normal mm-hmm. so your cortisol values will go up your dhea value we haven't talked about dhea but it's this grandmother hormone and all the stereogenic pathways right so as cortisol goes up, your adrenal glands produce some DHEA. Your DHEA stays up. So every hormone, almost every hormone, or pretty much all the hormones downstream off this DHEA. So in theory, if, you, if that's up, your estrogen could be up. Your progesterone could be up. Your testosterone. So you'll get some, you could have some hormonal side effects off that. Um, your blood pressure will go up. Your glucose will go up. So you might have some sugar issues or insulin issues or something like that so that is early stage and then as time goes on you will go to mid-stage but you know what I'm going to pause <laughs> because we forgot what the normal cortisol curve looks like when you draw it out oh good point right so you wake up within 30 minutes of waking your cortisol should go up 50% of what it was the minute you woke up. So it's this like steep curve. Um, then over time, it tends to go down in a proportional way and kind of level off be, be, um, by the time you hit the bed. So it should follow that, that curve and from then it's that's where we depend if it's too high or too low and also your curve could be shifted too right you could have the same bell curve or not bell but you could have the same curve but it could be shifted like plus minus four hours or so so then you kind of have to kind of reel your body in and retrain itself but that's the normal curve so early stage we talked about early stage we talked about stage one now we're going to go to mid stage which is stage two which, which would be you're still stressed out, nothing, nothing's changed in your life, you still have all these crazy things going on, your body's trying to adapt, but it hasn't done so yet, so now you're in stage two. Correct. So you were high stress, you were anxious, probably agitated, maybe some sleepiness, but maybe a little bit fatigue, but now you're moving into moderate stress, you're pretty much tired, um, pretty consistently. And then now your serotonin starts to drop. Um, your cortisol starts to drop where it looks pretty normal. Um, your blood pressure um, tends to go down and so does your glucose. So as you progress in stages, you kind of have some sugar issues, um, like insulin issues. Um, you become a little bit more depressed and anxious because that serotonin Kind of like Sarah, right? It makes complete sense with my whole thing. But I think it's important because your cortisol levels could be coming back down to normal. So if you take a snapshot of just a four-point cortisol without anything else, you could look normal and you could have all these symptoms. But you have to pull the hormones into there, into the whole bigger picture to see. So your DHEA should be coming down. But um, once you hit that mid-stage mid symptoms, all the way down to the late, the third stage, uh, that DHEA will be lower and all your other hormones behind that will be lower too. So it just, 
you have to do some investigating work. It isn't just... Yeah. And I think that's important to say that a lot of people come in here, and we spoke about this on the previous podcast, and they want adrenal supplements. And we carry a ton of them. But without the testing, it's hard to give you that. Because like Hillary just mentioned, the curve, right? If your curve is at 11, and we tell you to take that supplement at the wrong time, you're moving that curve somewhere you don't want it. It's going to affect your sleep. It's going to affect a bunch of different things. So that's why, uh, you know, I'll point out again, this is an area of, um, I guess, it agitates me because I think, um, I think people think that we make money off of these hormone tests and we don't make any money off any of the tests we do. It's simply a tool so that we know what we're telling you to do is the right thing for you because otherwise we're flying blind. So, you know, if we're encouraging you to get tested, it's not to put money in our pockets. There's no kickbacks. There's no monetary. It's just to make sure that we're sending you in the right direction. Because everybody could think on any given day that they're in adrenal fatigue or, um, you know, even their adrenals are high. They're in that first stage, you know, wherever they might be. So that's my little caveat. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, what else? Stage three. Well, let's go stage two, stage three. Very kind of similar, but you may increase alcohol, tobacco use. You could have a weakened immune system. So as time goes on and you are progressing into stage three, um, which means your cortisol levels are under that normal curve, and that's extreme fatigue, um, brain fog, can't really think, you can't really sleep. Right? I mean, you were tired, but you just can't get a good amount of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people will start having leaky gut type symptoms, uh, GI issues, gas bloating, constipation. Um, could be more immunocompromised. Um, there's been a lot of studies that are looking at cortisol or adrenal HPA access with um, COVID. So that's a big predictor. Which is also interesting because I pretty much know that I had COVID and I would have had COVID before we started this whole um, thing and I am very well supplemented so I, I wouldn't have thought I would have got COVID because I was taking all the right supplements and doing all the right things but then looking back at it now it didn't really matter because my adrenals were so tanked that you know I just wasn't in a good spot with that mm-hmm. and everybody else around me um, nobody else got it that we know of obviously Mm-mm. No, I mean, I work with you every day and I didn't. Um, more likely to suffer from pain, so a lot of um, inflammation, pain issues, more prone to allergies. Again, that falls more leaky gut. Emotional issues. Um, I listened to my Institute of Functional Medicine. I took an adrenal and hormone uh, big course over three days and what's interesting is that they say that SSRIs so your antidepressants will not work there or there's a good chance that they will not work when you are in stage three because it's not a chemical imbalance per se it's your cortisol level so if people are coming in to the doctor's office and saying hey I, this isn't working after 50 million different drugs and mm-hmm. it's like really treatment resistant um, it's most likely because they are low cortisol, and it's not a. Which we touched on the last podcast. If I went to my traditional, if I would went to a, it would have never a PCT, worked. 
Um, or the, I shouldn't say the, the drugs they would have gave me would have tried to band-aid my symptoms, but they wouldn't have treated my issue because they don't test. It wouldn't treat your issue, but you, your anxiety and depression, my bet, is would have never been better. No, could have even got worse because it would have been tanking yes. more more stuff. No, exactly. That's, yes. That's the part that's mind-blowing to me. And the other thing that's mind-blowing to me, looking back in hindsight, right, how many patients have we seen over the years at, um, in our course of, of working in the pharmacy that came in with chronic fatigue syndrome, right? <laughs> yeah. And or, and or they were on 10 drugs for fibromyalgia or this or that. They didn't have energy. They were on, you know, anti-inflammatories, NSAIDs, all this stuff, thousands of dollars worth of stuff that was being submitted to their insurance. And now we sit here today and we look and we say, wow, like mm-hmm. none of that stuff, this is, I don't mean this to be disrespectful ever. We've said this a million times, I've said this a million times to the traditional medical community, but they're never going to get fixed. The rest of their life, they're going to chase these symptoms with drug after drug after drug, and that's how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. With a diagnosed label, with a label, of course, because they've got to label everything, which I'm not disputing fibro. I'm not disputing any of that. It, it exists. Yeah. But very interesting. I, I think, yeah, I think cortisol probably is the underlying cause of all that. And the other thing that we are really seeing, too, and this is kind of spiraling off because we always do, right, is the fact that... Um, it's because everybody wants the easy button. You know, you are fatigued, so you want something to fix it. So you go to the doctor, and the doctor gives you something for the fatigue. But then that drug depletes something that causes something that you then have to go back and get something for. And it's this big wormhole of easy buttons until you feel worse than you ever probably felt. This is just me assuming it, of course. And I just, you know, I, I don't know. In, in my world, easy buttons never work. So, no, no. If you don't get to the root cause and treat what's actually, you know, making these things happen, you're you're just you're just going down a wormhole. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So that's that. We talked about that, and this again, it's very very brief, and we are not diving into the deep 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 ocean with this. So if you want more information, um, reach out. But. Let's talk about support, right? So when your adrenals are fatigued and tired and you've got some HPA access issues, first and foremost, there's life's, um, lifestyle support. So you've got to limit your alcohol, limit any drug use, tobacco use if you can. Um, watch sugar consumption because that we've talked about sugar, insulin, and glucose. That could sway things. Um, sometimes food intolerances will provoke that so that's the whole possible leaky gut exploration um you need to establish regular bedtimes regular wake-up times you got to be kind of committed to that before we go too much farther i don't think we touched on this other one i um i had issues when i was severely like depressed and sad and things like that where i was really craving sugar and hillary knows this about me i'm not a sweet eater i don't ever crave sweets and I was craving sweets like almost daily. Mm-hmm. It was not me. So that's another thing that's very interesting was those cravings. It was like, I don't want to even say it, it wasn't even pregnancy cravings. It was like 
But I think, I mean, you were had times where you were sleeping and you woke up and it was like a... Jittery. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's... Yeah. And I was in a really bad spot with a lot of things at that time, so it makes sense, but I just thought about that while we were doing that. Uh, you also have to... Exercise is important, mm-hmm. important, right? So the thing you got to think about is the more progressed you are in stage two and three, you need to limit your exercise. It's important, but you cannot do high intensity. You cannot do like... You've got to keep it simple. Otherwise, you are going to just tank it more, tank it more, and fatigue yourself out. Mm-hmm. So that's got to be kind of strategic. Um, relaxation activities are important. Meditation, yoga. There's a lot of supplements that you can do for any of these. Um, know that adaptogenic herbs are usually the go-to. That is like adaptogens are kind of like something that maintains this balance so if you're in excess of something it brings you down if you're deficient it brings you up um that's good stuff it is but certain adaptogens work better in certain phases so you can't just kind of assume and put your own thing together um that's good to help maintain another thing is let's talk about adrenal complexes or like bovine Adrenals, glandulars. Oh, look at you. Um, and that's what makes me very cautious in putting that out on the shelf. If someone sees adrenal support and they give themselves a glandular and they're already high, mm-hmm. what the heck's that going to do to them? They're yeah, going to be jittery. Yeah. So it's like Sarah said, it's not a willy nilly thing. Yeah. So glandulars to me are like stage three, can't get out of bed, extremely depressed. Um, me. I'm. Probably pretty I'm more cautious than most, but um, yeah, never. Being somebody that has been on them, though, I do see a difference because I'm on a product that's a glandular and a product that's not. Um, there's a time for the glandular and there's a time for the other. They both do a really good job, but um, I prefer to take my glandular product in the morning, and then I, I usually take a regular um, Adaptinol in the afternoon to kind of help me with the stresses, but... Um, they have their own time in their own place. They I think it's, you know. And you have to mess around with it. You kind of have to fool around what's best for you. Yeah. Um, and recently, uh, I'm at a point where on the weekends and stuff, I am actually going to try not taking them because I'm not in the spot I was before. And I'm very aware of like what my day might entail. Like if it's going to be a stressful day, then I know I'm not going to skip it that day. But if I'm in a good spot with everything, I think um, you know I want to depend on them a little bit less. And it's just get to that point. And knowing you know, what's going on in your life, kind of. Right. And that's that's the idea. You do not want to stay on these more than six to nine months in the ideal situation, right? You want to achieve your life. That's why lifestyle is important. That's why trying to, moving through your stressors Mm -hmm. and fixing them or adapting them um, as best as you can is key and not relying on this. Yeah. Because, I mean, now you can deal with your issues, mm-hmm. whereas you couldn't before. Mm-hmm. So it's more about just help you. And to me, like I don't want to be on these things forever. No. Uh, first of all, they're not they're not cheap. <laughs> it adds into the budget. Secondly, like um, the more natural I can be without without them, the better. But I am very thankful for them because otherwise, we'd be who knows where. I would beat you. Um, so that's adaptogens. 
There's also things like theanine and phosphatidylserine that's in there. Um, those are known to help take cortisol down. So if you have trouble sleeping or high anxiety at a certain point of the day, that will kind of bring cortisol down. So again, that's timing. Um, vitamin Bs are huge, specifically B5 and B6 for adrenal glands. Vitamin C is huge for adrenal glands. Uh, magnesium, I would throw a probiotic in that bunch. I'm not necessarily for that adrenals, but more for gut health because we saw, or I told you that that could lead down to that path and more protective anyways mm -hmm. of issues to come. Um, what else? Let's say someone says, oh, my DHEA is low. Okay, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cross that scenario off. What if you get a hormone test? You went, got a hormone test um, via blood through your OB because you're having menopause issues and you see that you have low DHEA, you have low testosterone, you have low estrogen, you have some hot flashes, your progesterone may not be low, but we'll talk about estrogen dominance and the estrogen-progesterone ratio at a different time. But do you want to grab that DHEA off my shelf? No. Why? Because I want to see where my cortisol is to see um, why. Because like, I want the total picture. I want a cortisol so I can see if it's a cortisol issue. And if I manage the cortisol issue my hormone levels are probably going to adjust. Correct. Correct. So always address cortisol first. I'm not saying for a menopausal person who's having hot flashes, I'm not saying go get your cortisol done. But if you are having a hard time regulating your hormones or it's kind of like this crazy process that's taken months to kind of figure things out, there's probably something else that's going on. Okay. Or let's say you're in a scenario where you had your hormones checked and they were low, so your OB puts you on bioidentical hormone therapy, but you're still not finding any results. Results. That's another case of where, you know, unfortunately you're going to be probably looking at a functional medicine realm of things because you're going to need your cortisol at that. Correct. Because often, you know, I, I went through that course this, this week, past weekend, and they really stress that you do not, bioidentical hormones are, and you know, that's the majority of our business, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, find ourselves in a tricky spot with that. We don't want to really promote that yet until you ass assess the adrenals. Mm -hmm. There's a time and a place for everything, right? Correct. So it's just making sure that that's what you need. Correct. So adrenals first, and that goes for thyroid too. I mean, I'm getting off on a tangent again, but what do you look at um, when you're... What's interesting to me is I don't think people thyroid. realize how thyroid, cholesterol, like every single thing, is. it tells it tells a tale mm -hmm. about where you're at with things so I mean it's it's very it's actually mind-blowing to me the functional side of it um, versus the way traditional medicine thinks Correct. the way that the thought process is carried out thought processes if your cholesterol is high you know um, and functional versus traditional traditional okay statin you know or change diet recommendation mm -hmm. um, they're never really you know never really thought of as a hormone or a cortisol or you know and the total picture of the thyroid so another thing um, I want to point out real quick is stress right 
this stress that we're talking about that affects your cortisol is perceived stress. So if you have the same stressor, me and you, I was gonna say we have a gun held to our head, right? And you perceive that stress as not being a threat, but I do. Mm -hmm. That could affect my cortisol, not necessarily yours. A gun's an extreme. I'm pretty sure we'd both have the same <laughs> spidey senses. Yeah, um, but do you see what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. perceived stress. Which is very true because I'm an overthinker and you're not. So, like, we could be in the same situation and you would deal with it very differently than I would. Just Correct. because of, that's just the way we're wired. That's mm -hmm. not, that's just the truth. Mm -hmm. So, definitely. Perceived stress. So, this is just the very... Brief touch of it. Breach. Yeah, brief touch. Yeah. But, but I, I think... We're always here. We're always love to talk more about it. That's for sure. Yep. So we hope that answers any questions that might have left you open-ended on the last one, um, hopefully. And, uh, you know, we're hopeful that every couple of weeks we can start throwing out another podcast. But again, if you ever have any ideas, please get a hold of us. Reach out. Uh, we love ideas. We love it. It's kind of like, you know, what do you want for dinner to your family? And they say, I don't know. And you want to strangle them all because... You have to think of dinner every night, and you would just like somebody to say spaghetti so that you could make the damn spaghetti and not have to think about what she had to make, let alone make it. Same thing. Same thing. We're in the same boat. We love to record podcasts. We can do it. We just don't know what we're cooking up. So mm -hmm. I think that's about it for this one, and um, we will talk to you guys soon.